negotiation quotient is your ability to negotiate. So how does your ability to negotiate come up is first of all, how have you applied the process? Meaning how much have you focused on the actual process, which is the prepare, engage and close. And second is how have you nicely combined the art of negotiation with the science of negotiation? The right mix, which I call the balance of negotiation, when it is applied properly, gives you the ability to negotiate the most effective manner. And that is what I call the negotiation quotient. This is episode number 14 of Hustle with Harmeet. And you will be listening to my conversation with Anuj Jagannathan, the negotiation expert and a best-selling author. Welcome everyone to Hustle with Harmeet. My name is Harmeet Singh and I'm your host for this show. Every week I interview interesting personalities from across the globe. The insights and hacks shared by our guests will help you achieve a winner's mindset as well as inspire you to live a life full of passion and purpose. My special guest on the show today is Anuj Jagannathan. Anuj is a senior finance professional and has diverse experience of working in renowned companies such as Google, Visa, PwC. He's a professional accountant and got his MBA from University of California, Los Angeles and National University of Singapore. Anuj has a keen passion for the subject of negotiation. Having completed his MBA in 2015, he has delved deep into the realm of negotiations. He started hosting multiple negotiation skills workshops in 2016 and has successfully delivered the workshop to participants at organizations from startups to Fortune 500 companies in different industries and in multiple locations. He has coached participants and connections on negotiating. He received a certificate at the Negotiation and Leadership Conference at Harvard Law School in 2017. He is also a certified speaker, trainer and coach from John Maxwell team. Anuj published his first book, Negotiation Quotient, Opening the Door to a Successful Deal, in late 2019. His mission to introduce and teach negotiation to kids and young adults early in life led him to publish his second book, We Can Negotiate Too, in September 2020. In this episode, Anuj has shared his insights on how a finance professional ended up writing two books on negotiations, how learning negotiation has added value to his regular job, what is negotiation, is negotiation a science or an art? What is negotiation quotient? How to sharpen your negotiation skills before entering a meeting? Do I need to be a good speaker or a listener for succeeding during negotiations? Secrets of a successful negotiation. How to handle negotiations when you are not in a position of power? And a lot more. Before we begin, make sure to subscribe to this podcast and you may also connect with us on our Instagram page at the rate hustle with Hermit for all the latest updates on our upcoming episodes. So let's jump into our episode number 14. Hi everyone. Today we have the one and only Anuj Jagannathan with us in the house. 
welcome to the show anuj thank you harmeet it's uh, such a pleasure and a, a great honor to be on this co- on this uh, podcast with you and i'm looking forward to having a great session and hope your listeners will enjoy it thank you anuj so i got introduced to anuj through a common friend and since then i have regularly followed his work on negotiation yes you heard me right negotiation anuj is an authority and expert in the field of negotiation we spend a lot of our time studying about finance sales public speaking leadership but let me ask you when was the last time you listened to a negotiation expert at least for me this will be the first time so i'm really excited for this episode with anuj so tell us anuj how a finance professional working a regular job ended up writing two books on negotiation yeah that's a great point armit i mean uh, it is natural for people to think okay i'm a, i'm in a finance job let me keep doing what i'm doing maybe grow grow in the finance field maybe do better in finance of course all that is is great but to me it is the power of constant and continuous learning that everybody should adopt at some point in their life to to widen their horizons and this is what exactly what uh, i did in my life and um the moment i joined my mba my goal was not just to pass that M- the the program and and get a degree my my goal was to learn and i'm so glad that the direct result of uh, the mba came out to be my passion and interest for this topic of negotiation uh, of course um in the mba i had two courses one was on leadership in which i was introduced to influencing techniques um primarily by uh, dr robert chaldini who is an expert and authority in influencing and persuasion and the first time i read his book uh, the influence science and practice i was totally mesmerized by the influencing techniques and practices that he mentioned there and that stayed in the back of my mind for quite some time uh, until there was the actual module on negotiation and when when the actual module on negotiation happened there was no looking back for me i it it was it became such a keen topic of interest that uh, that i started going deeper and deeper into negotiation uh, the idea is try and find that that passion that that topic of interest once you find that double down your efforts on that and that's exactly what i did so my goal was as soon as i found that this topic was of keen interest to me i started teaching negotiation i started teaching first in my immediate team at work then the expanded team then even wider to other teams and and at some point even across in other companies also so in different organizations diverse organizations across different uh, locations so i started teaching negotiation more widely and every opportunity that i got in terms of improving my own negotiation skills i did that and the end result it's not the end result it's still a continuous journey but uh, the result of um, going deeper and deeper into the negotiation field uh, is in front of you it's my first book uh, on negotiation for adults and professionals and then the second book on 
negotiation for kids and young adults. So, so those are the two prized possessions I have so far. My babies on uh, negotiation, and I'm happy to see where this journey takes me further. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, so, Anuj, in the process of understanding and learning about negotiation, at the same time you're doing a regular nine to five job. Right. So how being a student of negotiation has added value to your job? So, of course, negotiation is everywhere. I mean, we all negotiate on a day to day basis. We uh, sometimes don't realize that we are negotiating, but we do negotiate on a day to day basis. So whether I had learned negotiation or not, whether I had uh, written books on negotiation or not, I would have still been negotiating on a day-to-day basis, whether it's negotiating with your family, with your kids, with your uh, spouse, whether it's negotiating with um, your uh, colleagues at work or bosses, whatever it is, it's all negotiation. Now, what I realized was there needs to be a, a, a certain structure that you need to have for your negotiations. And that is exactly what I learned when I went deeper and deeper into the topic is what is that process that you need to apply in a negotiation? And in in the process, I also learned in, in, the, in this process of uh, learning, one of the other learning that came to me was negotiation is not just a simple process. It is also an art and the art comes from, uh, the art comes from having uh, proper behaviors in negotiations and um, some influencing techniques that are subtle in in my mind, they are subtle enough for you not to immediately feel it, but those also play a role in your negotiation. And and that is what I realized that there are these behaviors, there are these techniques that you could be using every day, but you don't realize when you read them, then you exactly know, okay, this is what is happening. And then you can probably... uh, May, probably go in deeper into it and learn more. And uh, and that's what I do now. In terms of negotiation, I observe people so much. I go deeper and deeper by interviewing people. Um, in podcasts like, like this, I, I learn a lot more because of the questions that you're asking me. It gives me, widens my horizons also. So every opportunity I get, I learn more on negotiation and then I, I apply it. Right. Uh, so Anuj, I couldn't have asked this question to a better person, you know, but let me ask you this. Sure. How Anuj defines negotiation? What's the basic definition, you know, to a layman who's listening to you for the first time? What is negotiation? So to me, I think when it comes to negotiation, I've asked this question over and over again in my workshops to people and people come up with a lot of different answers. So Some people say it is proving your point. Some people say it is getting your point uh, across or or getting a a win, basically, in that transaction. Some people say it is win-win, which is is good. Um, A lot of people have, some people uh, go down to the extent of saying it's it's a compromise, which, which is possible in some situations. But to me, negotiation basically is an interactive exchange. Basically, I sit with you or... Uh, any other person, it is an interactive exchange that we have. And the idea of that exchange is for both of us to feel that we got something of value from that negotiation. So it is the exchange, interactive exchange, which gives basically 
uh, value to both parties, and that is the crux of negotiation. If either one feels that they got shortchanged or they did not get enough value from that negotiation, it means that something did not work as well, or there are some situations that are meant to be like that. So right. it is also identifying what are those situations where you don't apply this win-win, don't have to sit across and build relationship. There are some situations like that. But right. in many cases, in most negotiations that we face as professionals, as, as a salesperson, even as family, business, whatever, we should strive to get to that win-win and mutual uh, mutually accepted solutions. Right. Uh, so since uh, Anuj just mentioned some time back that it's an art, negotiation is an art, right? So is it is it a combination of a science and an art? And if it's an art, how we can become better at this art? Right. That's a great question because that is the crux of uh, negotiation that I teach. Uh, in In my plain and simple terms, I explain negotiation as the balance of negotiation. And what is the balance? As you can see, there are two sides in a, in a, in a balance. The first side is the science and the second right. side is the art. And both of these have to balance properly in order for you to get an effective result. So the science basically is a process that you follow. As per, as per what I have in my book and in my workshops, it is a three-step process, prepare, engage, and close. So you prepare properly, then you go into the negotiation and engage with the other party, and then you finally have to close the, the negotiation. That's the process. That is the science of negotiation. Then there is something called the art of negotiation, which goes deeper into subtle, like the dynamics of how you behave, the dynamics of how you influence the other party. These are behaviors that actually play a very important role in negotiations. Without these behaviors, your negotiation could actually be ineffective. Um, it could probably be make or break situation for you if you don't uh, apply the behaviors and if you, if you don't basically go into a negotiation with that frame of mind where you focus on the art of negotiation. And these behaviors actually can vary a lot depending on the situation, but you need to know what these behaviors are. For example, knowing the style of the other party. Right. You might have, you might know your own style or, or you might have to find out your own style in, in the process, but you also need to find out and assess what is the other party's style. Right. If, if the other party is a, is a group of people, you need to find out who the decision maker is, what, what is their style. Based on that style, there is a lot of um, subtle changes and strategies that you need to apply into the negotiation just on the basis of what that other person's style is. So this could be uh, quite a deep situation and, and, um, and learning by itself. So you, you, one of your question was, how do you get better at the art? Right. And it is the first step is to actually know what these, uh, what is art of negotiation, right? What is what are these different things that apply in a negotiation? Uh, and then once you know what these are, for example, assessing 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 your style and the other party's style. That's that's one of the components of um, the art of negotiation. Once you know that, then you go deeper 
and learn how you assess your own style, how you find out the other party's style and so on. I think I totally relate with that point, you know, assessing who you are talking to. You know, sometimes right. when I also go for meetings that different type of clients, I go and engage and meet on a daily basis. Sometimes the other person I'm talking to, he is he's very open to talk, he's gregarious, he mm-hmm. loves to talk. So with such people, you can have a long and lengthy and interesting conversations. And in Correct. the process, it becomes easy to close the deal. You know, and you can know that if you put your point across, the other person is also comfortable sharing with you, he's flexible. So I know I, I can adjust my way of talking because I know that the other person has set pattern or criteria on which he behaves. And sometimes right. the person I'm talking to is very passive. Uh, there is the, the same facial expression every time. So I can I can judge within a few minutes and that helps eventually for me to pave my discussion for the next 30 minutes so i totally agree with that on that point anuj and that's 100 percent practical stuff which you have just shared with us and can i if you don't mind i just want to add one more point Armit, here so like i said the process is the prepare engage and close and the behaviors is basically uh, the appropriate behaviors you need to carry into the negotiation the assessing of the styles the the subtle influencing techniques that you apply all these are the art. Now, even while you are preparing for a negotiation, you need to keep at the back of your mind, you need to keep the art of negotiation in mind. And, and I'll explain to you how that is. When you are preparing and you know that you're going to meet this person X, you should do some research on that person X. Maybe you have some contacts. You can, you can try and find out what this person is like, right? right. These are all part of the preparation, the process. And by finding out what this person is like, what is the what is his style, maybe assessing the style early enough, you can then come up with your strategies even before you go into the engagement uh, and, and before you go and try and meet that person because then at least you would have done some kind of uh, uh, groundwork. Right. So it, is, it is very critical. Doing your homework, you know. Yes. Do your homework. Great. Uh, so Anuch, one thing also that comes to my mind, and I think this is a phrase which I've seen you using on multiple locations, and it is called negotiation quotient. Mm-hmm. So that seems like a very interesting, catchy phrase. Would you like to share something on that? Sure. Um, I mean, negotiation quotient, basically, just to keep it plain and simple, it is your ability to negotiate. So how does your ability to negotiate come up is, first of all, how have you applied the process? Meaning, how how much have you focused on the actual process, which is the prepare, engage, and close? And second is, how have you nicely combined the art of negotiation with the process, with the science of negotiation? The right mix, which I call the balance of negotiation, when it is applied properly, gives you the ability to negotiate the most effective manner. And that is what I call the negotiation quotient. So it's it's the title of my first book, Negotiation Quotient. And um, even though I cannot give you an, a number of a quotient like uh, like IQ gives you a number, but I still assess the, the negotiation quotient as the right combination of the science and the art. Right. So Anuj, as you have just mentioned that 
one of the ways and one of the routes through which you can become better in negotiation is uh, doing your homework right mm-hmm. and at the same time understanding where do you stand when it comes to the balance between the science and the art right and obviously negotiation is something which you'll have to go and experience and talk to someone on a daily basis only then you can become better now let's take a scenario like i go and meet my clients on a daily basis i talk to them and every day i come back home in the evening so is there something i can do once i'm back from my field job i'm back from my office job i'm back from meeting my clients that what else i can do the day before my work starts so great point so and that goes into the crux of the science of negotiation so like i said the first step in the science is prepare and this prepare is very critical it's 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 the critical part of the science what does the prepare stage or the prepare phase uh, bring you in terms of uh, the results is it gives you the confidence to walk into a negotiation knowing that you have done your groundwork you have done your homework properly and right. back to your point is if i have let's say met a person and i come back come home that day i should be able to relate to every conversation i had that day and build that into my conversation for next next day or next week or whenever that next conversation is and use everything that you heard properly in your uh, preparation for next for the next conversation what i mean by prepare is there are a few things that you need to prepare first of all you need to be able to prove what is your worth in that negotiation what is what do you bring to that negotiation there is a framework that i have developed it called it's called the cav framework competency ability and value framework so competent that framework if you apply it you can apply it actually to any situation even whether you are bringing an idea to the table or whether you have a product to sell anything that you have you can bring the cav framework into the picture and assess how does your product or your idea benefit the other person so the cav framework is critical when you prepare because that gives you the ability to highlight to the other person what is in it for them right then the other thing is assessing interests so you know what is your interest in a negotiation but do you know what is the other party's interest probably not let me give you a, a very classic example and it will help you understand what is the position and the interest so there are two sisters who are fighting over an orange the, there's a last remaining orange and both are fighting over it obviously uh, they have been arguing for some time and the mother comes along and says okay there is nothing we can do you get half the other gets half right splits it in half gives gives it to both of them is that a great uh, result generally people would say yes that yeah. is a, probably the best result that you could get each one got half of it yeah the position of both of them was i want the orange i want the orange that was the position the mother came along and said there is no way you can each get the orange so let's split it right now if the mother had made some effort to find out the interests of the sisters in why do they want that orange 
and you will hear what that is in the next next minute or so you will say oh what a big disaster it was by splitting it into half so when the mother if if the mother had found out the, one of the uh, one of the sisters interest was she wanted the peel the whole peel of the orange because she wanted to use the uh, rind to bake a cake like an orange cake the other obviously wanted to eat the fruit the first one was not interested in the fruit at all now if you split the orange and give it to them one wastes this the peel the other wasted the the fruit so the idea is for you to assess the interest now when you go to a negotiation let's say with a with a client yeah they have a position they say i want the delivery by x date right. right now what is the what is the reason or the interest behind that date is that is the reason behind that date because they have to use that that product or whatever for uh manufacturing a different another product do they have to and that's why they need it to to stick to a, a right. timeline they need inventory or do they have to ship it somewhere else right you need you get the product you do something and ship it somewhere else whatever it is if you find out the interest then there is a more better likelihood for you to come up with some solutions so if it is okay i want to use it in this product and then ship it to somebody else or or i want to ship that as it is to somebody else to another client maybe you can say how why don't i ship it directly or or anything like that so there are there are options that you can come up with if you know the interests and this is just a, a basic exam hypothetical example that i'm sharing with you the idea is uh, as you saw in the orange uh, story the more you discuss and talk uh, to the other person the more you find out their interest the better solutions you can create so so by having that discussion with your client the, the first day you come back home you go through all the discussion uh, the whole day that you have had and come up with solutions based on what you have heard that is what will give you more courage and um, and more strength into your next discussion so the idea of that prepare phase is is very critical now right. obviously the other part which i have highlighted is the art of negotiation you come back home that day other than the fact that you you know the interest or you know what your what you're providing um that's the science of the art you also can come back and think during that whole day how have things worked and you can also assess uh, the style of the the, the party um how the uh, how the um, negotiation was conducted what is the culture let's say it's a negotiation with some other culture what was the culture what did you observe come back and then discuss and assess a little bit more about that style and how will you create a strategy for that style or how how do you create a strategy for that culture so all these things come into the picture once you know ideally you should probably do all that groundwork before you even meet but of course if you if you if you cannot then the first time you meet and you come back you should be able to then assess and adopt your strategy and uh, and your uh, process to everything that you learned that day i think i think the 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 preparation part the assessment part are so critical that it actually reminds me of the saying that you know if you got 10 hours to cut the woods use the 9 hours to sharpen the axe and 1 hour to actually cut the woods right exactly 
exactly and that's that's exactly the point is without having that you are walking into a negotiation with an intuition and intuition as you know intuition never work i mean it might but it it's more likely that it might not work also so we are not we are not donald trump it might not work for us yeah <laughs> great so i know that that analogy of the the orange reminds me that had the mother been a good listener the result could have been different right so being a good negotiator also means that you should be a good listener as well mm-hmm. and at the same time you know this is really confusing my mind also a bit i would like to have your take on this that negotiation the prima facie side seems like that i should be able to convince the other person i should be able to tell the other person to buy my services to take my services but you cannot do that without being a good listener so what percentage of success would you ascribe to uh, being a good listener versus a good uh, speaker so is it like 50 50% you would say so so let me explain where this listening part comes in in this structure that i have mentioned to you the balance of negotiation so the i i explained to you science which is the process yeah i explained to you the art and we have i we didn't go too much into detail on the art side but basically i i only explained to you about culture i ex, i explained to you a little bit about the styles but one of the critical components of the art of negotiation is behaviors okay and when it comes to behaviors what i explain generally is the first thing you have to do is develop trust and credibility hmm developing trust and credibility having proper communication skills and having proper emotions and body body language these are the three important parts of that behavior that interaction where you go into a negotiation you need to have these three things when it comes to the trust and credibility obviously you might be good at technical skills but you need to be able to show them that you are uh able to partner with them you need to show them some flexibility if there are cases where you have to compromise with them you need to be able to show that you are open to a, a compromise so those are the things where you get trust and credibility in some cultures gaining the trust and credibility and building relationships is way more important than the actual negotiation itself so it is very important for you to know when you are walking into a negotiation uh if that culture emphasizes more on on the trust and credibility then you have to do that first before you go into discussions right the second is the communication essentials so in in terms of communication your point comes in which is listening so listening obviously is it, it's is the most important because then you're showing first of all that you care for that discussion and second listening will give you more ideas and will bring you more creative solutions because the more you listen the more you can strategize on how you can build interests and build solutions for the interest so those are the two big two big benefits of listening one is to show that you care to show that you want to partner with them and second as you listen strategize and create those strategies for building a win-win situation so listening and communication is very important and the third that i mentioned in terms of art is the uh, emotions and body language and you obviously need to focus extremely focus on the 
uh, emotions. You cannot be hostile. You need to you need to be confident. Those are the things that I think um, are, are generally known to everybody. But I don't know how people present themselves and how, do they know how they are presenting themselves. So you need to at least have that uh, idea in your mind: is how are you appearing to the other person? So mm-hmm. so the the body language and the emotions uh, play a big part. And in some cultures, again, body language is critical because the way you behave, the way you shake hand, for example, those are very important in that culture. And if you if you don't pay proper attention to that, you might even break uh, uh, the break the negotiation. So it is very important to focus on the emotions and the body language also. I think I really resonate with the second point of communication. You know, the deals which have been successful for me, I know that I have seen they have been successful only when. My my client is able to see that okay the Harmeet is there you know I I, mm. I I tell my client I'm there for you because probably sometimes you know a lot of discussions instead of talking about the exact product they are around uh, his problems in life probably his inspirations his motivation uh, his challenges in life so sometimes the discussion is more about his problems in life and how we can address that those problems in his life. It's all about empathizing and telling the other person, "I'm there for you. I care for you," and that builds an instant rapport and trust. That's true, and, and it's also one of the influencing techniques is uh, bonding, and bonding basically means you build that that relationship. So, so if you build that bonding and continue uh, to build the bonding, if basically you nurture that relationship, yeah. that is when you can act- actually get the most effective results because. Bonding is one of the way that you can influence the other party. So, Anuj, can you highlight or can you pinpoint maybe two or three secrets of a successful negotiation for our listeners? Yes, sure. So, like I mentioned, the assessing of the other party's interests, which generally we might not do, we might not, we might know our own interests. but do we do the assessing of the other party's interest in all situations maybe not but that is critical so if you if you are able to assess what the other party needs and why so the the why is important so you you obviously need know what they need but if you know the why the why is actually what can then help you in terms of coming up with creative solutions for them so the first tip or or secret as you call it for anybody is focus heavily on that assessing of interest now if you in the in the in that process if you have to talk to them uh, talk to somebody else to find out their interest um have multiple meetings for example maybe in the first meeting you don't find uh, too much uh, uh you don't get an interest uh, sorry an opportunity to find out their interest maybe break that uh, discussion at that point and come back another time but until you know the full interest it is very difficult to come up with solutions the second is um focusing on behaviors i think this is something harmeet you probably would understand that generally in a negotiation we might prepare we might uh, we might be ready but how much do we focus on uh, behaviors assessing of styles assessing of culture assessing uh, what our behavior is and and then 
during behaviors with them how much do we focus on the right uh, body language and things like that so that i think is one of the most critical make or break uh, situations where if you don't assess your behaviors you are likely to first of all create distrust and also break your negotiation so taking this discussion ahead with you one thing which comes to my mind when i'm in a negotiation situation or whenever we discuss about negotiation is a phrase which uh, is called position of power mm-hmm. let's take a scenario that uh, in india what happens mostly is for a particular position there are let's say 100 applicants so 100 people are applying for a single position of let's say a sales manager right so when i'm mm-hmm. giving my interview I, i feel like i've done a decent job and towards probably the end i feel like uh, you know asking for a better raise asking for a better pay but i know that i can be easily replaced by 99 other people mm-hmm. so how in such scenario what are the chances of me winning the negotiation or how, what do you recommend what's your take in such situations of negotiation when you are not in a position of power but the other person the interviewer is right so i go back in in many situations that i have been asked this uh, this question actually i i do some coaching with some people and they they quite quite often they ask me this question and i always go back to the point that when you are in an interview you need to be able to differentiate yourself from everybody else out there and how do you differentiate yourself from everybody out there is what will stick in that person's mind and once you are able to do that your price or your your ask will not matter if you are clearly differentiating yourself from the other party from the other people or or different participants right how do you differentiate is what matters now how do you differentiate is very critical i mean it, you you need to prepare for it you need to be able to prove to the other party that you are able to differentiate and that comes from for example i mentioned the cav framework earlier let yeah. me explain to you briefly what this cav framework is the c stands for competency meaning what are you good at and what benefit will that give to the other party let's take the example of google google is good at uh providing search results from across the millions of uh, websites right right they are good at that that is their and the benefit that you get is you get great search results for your queries now then there is something called the ability the a a stands for ability what is google's ability is something special that they do and it's a unique feature that they have that is their special ability because there might be many others uh, who can give you the search results but what is the special ability the special ability of google could be that they have an algorithm that ranks page ranks all these pages across the uh, internet and provides you the best result and also in nanoseconds or whatever the the time is which not many people can do because they have the servers they have the data right so that is their special ability the v stands for value so you might be good at your competency you might be good at your ability maybe there are a couple of others who are also good at that right. what is the extra value that you can give them 
in the case of Google, for example, the extra value that they can give is because they have the volumes of search, people searching in Google over and over again, they are actually able to pre-populate what you're going to ask them. Right. Right. They give you a, an indication of what you are asking, maybe a list of different things that you might be asking them. They give you something which makes it quicker and easier for you to search. That's one extra value that they give you. And they are able to do that because people have searched in Google millions of times. The second thing is they might be able to give you some data analytics uh, as a part of your searches. They might, because they have the troves of data, they can give you some data analytics. So they, they could be, they are able to provide you some extra value. Right. Why I mentioned this Google uh, example is to help you understand what this CAV stands for. Now this can this CAV framework can be applied anywhere else. If, for example, in your situation, you're you're the applicant for a position, you should be able to highlight what is your CAV. What are you good at, and why why will that benefit to the other to the uh, company, right? How will that benefit the company? That's your C. Your ability is what is something special or unique in your ability, in, 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 in your competency? What is something special? So things like you have the experience of doing that kind of transaction in a large setting in, in, a, in another company, which not many people like. For example, if it is M&A, I have the experience of doing M&A from my company. Not many people get that experience, for example, right? So you have to find those, what's, what special abilities do you have? Right. And the third is value. What extra value can you bring in? So maybe you can bring in the value of some charitable organizations that you have worked in and you have got some experience or connections there and things like that. So if you are able to highlight to you what is yours, highlight to the other, uh, to the interviewer, basically, what is your CAV and how are you able to differentiate yourself from the other party? The second thing is other than the CAV framework, you also need to highlight and demonstrate great behavior, right? This is something that we don't think of too much, but in an interview, your behavior immediately sticks in the back of somebody's head. Yeah. Technically, maybe five people are the same, but out of those five, whose behavior was the best? And by behavior, I mean a few different things. I mean, who was more confident? Who was more like, you asked the, the you mentioned this example earlier, who was more nice to talk to, right? Who was more of a, a good person to relate to? Like, because they, they everybody wants uh, this new person to be able to relate well with the other uh, team members. So who was better to relate to? These are the few things that you have to focus extremely when you prepare yourself for the for the interview, basically, which is also like a negotiation. But when you prepare for the interview, have your CAV framework, have uh, your assessing of your your what you can provide, but at the same time, focus on behaviors. Now, if you do all that, you probably and and you are among the best in terms of uh, the candidates. If you make it, and this is this is based on my experience, is if you can make it to the next next round, that means you are you have a very high likelihood that you are probably among the chosen few. And when you are the chosen few, 
the hiring manager is not going to be picky or uh, or petty in terms of what they pay all you have to be able to do is get to that chosen few shortlist now after that it is all up to how you are able to influence the other other person or maybe it's not the hiring manager but the hr in many cases you have to bring your prior experiences a lot of your uh, compensation from the other party uh, other company and all those into the pick, into the mix but at that stage once you are the chosen few you do have the ability and you do have that value that you can show so position of power slightly shifts to you because if out of the 100 if they have only two or three people right that is more likely to be a position of power that has shifted towards you that's very powerful anuj i think uh, i never looked at uh, sitting at the negotiation table and asking for a raise from this perspective and on next time i'm sure that whenever i'm in a situation like this cav framework will surely be on top of my mind right and and, and also i want to highlight the, just to when it comes to salary negotiation i think we were we were not talking exactly about salary negotiation but that is another part of this this interviewing negotiation if you call interview a negotiation the salary negotiation has a lot of things that you have to to think about now whether it's a sign on bonus that you can maybe negotiate whether whether you can negotiate maybe some tuition reimbursement you can you you can say okay i don't want uh, or if the salary is this much it's fine but can can i get some tuition reimbursement maybe if i'm doing a course can i get a reimbursement for that uh, or if i am going to if i know that i'm going into a course uh, and i need some extra time off can can we negotiate the time off during that that right. that is the right time for you to negotiate all these things so you have to you have to assess what all you need and bring those to the table so once you are the chosen few you you are you have the ability to bring all these different things to the table and maybe one or two of those items might not work out but the more you can you are able to highlight that these are the things that you want the better will be your position in terms of the negotiation great that's fantastic anuj uh, so no i believe uh, your first book negotiation quotient was published last year i'm curious to know that what prompted you to write your second book which is more inclined towards kids the young adults as to how they can handle negotiation so why do you think that it was so important for kids to understand negotiation yeah that's a great point and this is what has come out from uh, several interactions that i had over the years now as you initially mentioned many of us know our sales strategies and many of us know our uh, technical um, abilities and all that but right. how much do we focus on negotiation and i ask this uh, question all the time when i have a workshop on how many of you participants uh, have read or learned negotiation in your life i generally get one out of 20 people so about a 5% response of uh, somebody who has learned negotiation so it is not very common that we right. learn right. negotiation early in life we might learn negotiation from our family right but what we are learning is that is that really going to work outside the family the environment that we are in is it going to work in a 
company or in, in the college or, or wherever we, we go and face a negotiation situation, is that going to work? Do we walk into a negotiation with an intuition, intuitive uh, negotiation ability because we haven't learned negotiation in our life? Those are all the questions that came to my mind. And I myself uh, could relate to a couple of, at least a couple of situations in my life where if I had learned negotiation, structured negotiation early in life, I probably would have gained at, at least some value from those couple of negotiation situations in my life so far. And this is what made me realize that I think it is extremely critical for people to learn negotiation early in their life, whether it is as kids, we should introduce them to what negotiation means. We should introduce them to at least what it means by having a, a proper structured negotiation in your mind. As they grow older, when they become young adults, maybe they are negotiating with their their professors, their teachers, maybe they're negotiating with their friends or I have so many examples listed in the book when they are negotiating with their parents or, or, or classmates or teachers, they need to know exactly what are these factors that you can keep in your mind when you're negotiating. If you do that, if you start early, imagine the value that you can get over the rest of your life right. from, from learning and keeping this in the back of your mind. And then immediately you go into your first job, you negotiate properly the, the value that it can create for you. And, and like, like I've seen before, if, you, if in your first job you are able to negotiate properly, that stays with you forever, right? Because then, then yeah. every other negotiation is, is, bench, is benchmarked on that first negotiation that you had. So if it's successful in the first attempt, then it stays with you for a longer term if, if things go well. So, I mean... It has longer term effects. So that's why I thought maybe I'll write a book for kids and young adults. Maybe if it is not even learning like complete negotiation, at least they, we have to introduce them. That is the first goal is introduce them to what negotiation means, why is it important and how they should start dealing with it and thinking about it. Great. So I think you're doing a tremendous job, you know, seeding the idea planting that seed of negotiation in the kids, the young adults. And I'm sure, you know, as a lot of us who learned negotiation late in life, I, right. I realized, you know, that I probably would have left a lot of money on the table because mm -hmm. I was put in negotiation. <laughs> You're basically helping young kids and adults, you know, uh, not to leave money on the table because when you're good at negotiation, you can always have a good deal in the end with you. Right. And, and, this, and this question actually has come up to me several times, Amit, is um, I'm a parent. If I give this book to my kids, will they, be, will they become better negotiators than me? Or will they start using these negotiations, negotiation strategies against us and, and so on? <laughs> the, the, while that might be a good question or good, uh, good point, but I always highlight this. In the book, there are several situations highlighted where you achieve a win-win, right? For a parent, it is obviously better because what you're doing today might not be working for you, but a win-win yeah. situation might work for you. In many situations, I have highlighted what are these correct behaviors, for example, listening, right? I have mentioned this in the book. So it will give the kids that much more uh, ability to listen properly, to behave properly, 
and that actually might be good for the parents so what i am highlighting here to you is if you make this if they if you make your kids read this it is actually indirectly benefiting you and also think about it if you are if you are a footballer you don't say okay i don't want to teach my kid um, football because he'll become a better footballer than me right Right. If you're a parent, you want your kid to succeed in negotiations outside, so yeah. might as well adopt that early in their life. Now, surely, once we are done with this interview today, uh, Anuj, I'm, I'm going to surely grab my copy of uh, Negotiation Question because I don't want to lose out on a negotiation to my neighbor's kid next door. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Anuj, this this takes us to the last segment of the show, which I called the one minute round. Right. Uh, you'll have a minute each to answer a few questions. And sure. Let's get started. What success means to you? So, to me, success means uh, growing yourself in the area of your passion. So, first step in success is identifying what is your passion. Second is preparing uh, to work on your passion. So maybe. what is your vision on that area and then third i think is actually working on your passion so not many people in in life are able to achieve that i think that is where the success lies one book which you recommend everyone should read absolutely a book that has made a lot of impact in my mind is uh, mindset by professor carol dweck this actually uh, is the difference between having a fixed mindset in life meaning i am only able to do this right i am made to do this versus having growth mindset meaning i can do whatever right and it shows from my story because like you said an accountant or a finance professional going on to teaching negotiation and then writing books on negotiation and and still doing so much in negotiation is because i had that growth mindset i i said Okay, if I know that I like this topic, I'm going to grow into it. What's happiness for you? Something that I am um, successful at, but I, I'm I'm actually writing something on happiness next. Obviously, I don't have it fully settled in my head yet, so I can't share exactly what it is. but if you succeed in what you want to do basically the success part that i mentioned earlier if that is fixed meaning you are successful at that i think happiness obviously come from that there are a couple of other things in happiness that i am still thinking in my head but the success part is critical in 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 the happiness the last line of your autobiography would read it would read something like uh i achieved in in my own um mind i achieved what i had determined myself to achieve and i was able to help people ach- uh, to start uh, believing in them, themselves so so one of my goals is to help people believe Uh, in themselves, and that is what I would like to do at the end of the day. So, Anuj, consider yourself to be standing in a room. Mm-hmm. You are the only person in that room. The lights are dim, and then someone 
walks into that room. This is a younger version of Anuj, a 25-year-old Anuj. Now he comes and stands in front of you. He looks into your eyes and very innocently asks you, what's the best way to live life? So what would be your answer to this younger version of Anuj? So great question. I mean, um, it is obviously not a one minute answer question, but if you ask me, I would again go back to the fact that never stop learning. Yes, I, I was a chartered accountant. I, I qualified my, uh, my, all, all my papers in the first attempt. I got a good, great job. I was settled in at least my earlier part when my, at the age of 25, if you, if you ask me, I was probably well settled. But what did I do? I actually disrupted myself a few times, not just once, a few times. At the age of 25, when I had a great job in a big four, I said, I'm done with this. I went and got my, did my CPA because CA was probably not enough. I said, okay, I'm going to do my CPA. So what did the CPA do? It opened a lot more doors for me. CPA is what helped me come to the US eventually, right? It opened more doors. I got my CPA, I started working. I would have thought, okay, now I am settled. What did I do? I disrupted myself again. I joined Google at that time. Google was not a big company like it is today. I joined Google and I kept learning along the way. I learned macros over a one week and I create, I converted a fully manual process in Google into a automated macro based process. And people were so amazed and that, that macro based process became a standard process across the world in, in finance, in our team. I learned more based, basically I didn't stop learning. So I have disrupted myself over and over again. And I would say the same thing I would say to a 24, 25 year old version of me is continue learning and disrupting yourself because once you have that fixed mindset and this goes back to the mindset thing is once you have fixed mindset saying, okay, I'm great. I'm doing well here. I'm happy. That is when you stop going. Anuj, uh, it's been such an honor and a privilege listening to you today, knowing you as a person and the amazing work you're doing in the field of negotiation. Today, you have given us a 360 degree view into the world of negotiation. And for me, negotiation will never be the same. And almost, I will always look at it from a different perspective now. And uh, thank you so much for doing this and you know, talking to our listeners today on this show. Absolutely. Pleasure is mine. Right. So Anuj, what's the best way for people to reach out to you to connect with you? So I'm actually on several different platforms. I prefer LinkedIn because I'm quite active there. Um, I also am active on Facebook, but um, if you're looking more at a professional uh, uh, professional kind of relationship, maybe LinkedIn is better over there. Of course, I'm happy to be friends on, um, on Facebook. Um, 
I actually do a lot, and this is again a part of the disruption that uh, that I mentioned earlier. I'm I'm quite a serious uh, gardener, so so if you if you are friends with me on Facebook, you'll see all the gardening activities. If you don't mind, but again, if you want to stay more on a professional, you can connect with me on on LinkedIn. Uh, I have my website, which is uh, just my first and last name, anujjaganathan.com. So, so you can always uh, reach out to me, contact me via the contact forms or uh, in in my website, and you can also see all the work that I am doing uh, from my website. And so those are some of the ways. Uh, again, once you are uh, once we are in contact, if you want to explore more in terms of any questions you have, any any potential opportunities we can collaborate on. Happy to hear that. I never say no to any opportunities because every door I think opens up four more doors. So, right. so never say no to that door to be open. Right. And and Anush, from where can our listeners grab a copy of your books? So the first book, Negotiation Quotient, is actually available on Amazon, on Flipkart, on uh, Amazon in India, basically, and. And even across the globe, the second book, which is the negotiation quotient, the kids' book, is available as an ebook on uh, Amazon today. Uh, I just want to take a minute to highlight about the second book. Is I am fully self-published in this book, meaning I have done end-to-end publishing by my by on my own, so by myself. So. I, the last step basically is to get this book into India market uh, in paperback, and that is currently in progress. Um, there is a there is a certain way that you have to adopt, uh, and I I I was probably a little bit late in doing that, but it is not available in paperback in India. But of course, it should be it should be in Amazon as a paperback soon. As of now, it is only an ebook uh, on Amazon. And then once it is available in India on Amazon uh, as a paperback, it will also be available in Flipkart and other uh, other sites. But um, but yeah, I, I mean, if you also need a uh, any any help, any questions on on the book, once you have read the book, if you have any questions, I would be happy to answer those. So thank you so much, Anush, for doing this, and wish you all the best for your future endeavors, and may you keep inspiring millions of people to live their best lives by becoming better at the art of negotiation. So thank you, Armid, and then thanks for the opportunity to talk to you and and uh, even highlight to you what what I'm doing. This is a, a passion for me. The writing has become a passion. The teaching has become a passion, and the topic of negotiation is a keen interest. So. I'm glad I'm able to highlight that, and uh, best wishes to you also for your podcast. I'm, I'm sure uh, it's it's a, it's a great way for listeners to engage with other other people, and uh, I hope that also keeps growing. Thank you, thank you, Anush, for your kind words. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Hustle with Harmeet. If you're listening to us on iTunes. Please don't forget to leave a five-star review on the Apple Podcast. If you're listening to us on Spotify, do click on the follow button. If there's any feedback from this episode, you may write to us on hermitspeaks at gmail.com. Also, do check out our Instagram handle at the rate hustle with Hermit for all the latest updates. I'll catch up with you all next week. And yes, remember, don't give up on your life and dreams. 
keep working hard keep moving ahead and keep hustling because one day your success will make all the noise this is your host harmeet singh signing off goodbye